kind of want to be like, drop a beat, Emma. Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. It doesn't. I'm so stupid. I loved it so much. (laughs) Hello. Hey. I'm Emma. I'm Shannon. And welcome to This Podcast Doesn't Exist. Welcome. We're having a little bit too much fun with our our theme songs and I'm really loving it. Deal with it. (laughs) I was going to be like, if you didn't like it, let us know. And I was like, actually, you know what? Start your own podcast and leave do us, it how you want to do it. Leave us a review or leave us alone. So. Yes. Wow. I was trying to think of that and I was like, which YouTube reference is that? Nope. nope. It's a reference to our show. It's us. We've been around long enough that we could be self-referential and I won't even notice. How exciting. <laughs> we don't remember half of what we've done notes on. Now. But if you would like to remember, you can visit our website. This podcast doesn't exist. Dot com. Dot com. It's got all of our socials, all of our episodes, a little blurb about each of our hosts. Yeah. Uh, it's got a link if you want to write in. You got topic suggestions, feedback. Would you like us to do a sequel about one of the episodes? Misha. Let us know. <laughs> you can also download a bingo card and there on that bingo card, you can cross off reference to someone we know in real life. You're welcome. Nisha. <laughs> you need to sneak it in again if you didn't notice it if before. If you didn't miss it. If, if you, you didn't catch it before. If you didn't catch it before. Anything else, Emma? Any other housekeeping? I, I, you really, like, I'm so impressed. You you full on were taking care of business. and Every day. I, taking care of business. Working all the time. Working overtime. There we go. There we go. <laughs> A nice tale. A banger of a soundtrack. Uh, I love that movie. Shout out to you, Mom. Heath Ledger can just. Mm. All right, this is not this is not a childhood crush podcast. Sorry, although we could probably very easily do that. Do you want us to do a spinoff episode? Let uh, us know, or a spinoff podcast. Uh, uh, that would be much easier to have guest hosts on. Oh, absolutely. No research required. Just like <laughs> just us talking. We hot or pull, not, <laughs> we just pull out of a hat a name, and we're like Harry Styles. Ooh, and then like a situation or like a scenario, or not scenario, setting. A situation or scenario. (laughs) It's the same same thing. Spooky and scary. (laughs) But not sad. (laughs) All right, well, let's get into today. What was the scenario going to be? You let it up. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just thinking like, no, there would be like another hat that you'd pull out, like a scenario or like like at a pizza parlor. (laughs) In the North Pole. Yes, and. <laughs> exactly. Like, Harry Styles at the North Pole. What would that look like? <laughs> would he be hot or not in that situation? The answer is always. Yes, hot. <laughs> anyway. Be melting the snow, he's so this, hot. This isn't that podcast. Ooh. This is, this podcast doesn't exist. And we're going to learn about, oh, by the way, we're best friends. We like talking about mysteries and spooky, sometimes spooky, sometimes sad, sometimes goofy, oofy stuff. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> if you sat through all of this, you belong here. Yeah, you, welcome. If you liked it, then you'll you'll like the you rest can of rock us. Maybe with us. you can roll with us. <laughs> rock and roll like a white suburban dad. Let's rock and roll. All right, Shannon. You're doing a face. <sighs> so <laughs> I did a thing. What did you do? In honor of Shelby and Tom. 
and little now baby E. Baby E! Who we are in love with. Hello, Shelby. She's Hello, here. Tom. She's on this earth. Finally. Both Shelby and Tom have asked for a spooky episode. <laughs> and so in honor of the birth of their baby, we're... We're gonna do something How a little How dare you funny. blame this on them so I can't be mad? You're using them as justification so I can't be mad. Because who's gonna yell at a newborn? Not me. Not me. That baby's so cute. Well, I I wrote in here, sorry, Shannon. You can mm. check that off. Yeah. <laughs> as in, like, you can make a tick mark of how many times I might say sorry in this. Surely you've run out of dolls. Yes, I, this, I have. This is what happens when you clean, you guys. Because I reorganized the stewed, as you may remember from last week. And I did an episode out of Life magazine. One of the things in the miscellaneous book pile was a magazine about haunted places. The most haunted places in the world. And Emma took it home last week. And now, I'm concerned well, it actually wasn't in the magazine, oh. which I was disappointed by. Wow. But I think that it should have been because it would have fit very well. Oh, no. Although the Island of the Dolls was in that book or what it was in that magazine, mm. as was the Amityville Horror House. But there wasn't any other information in there that I didn't already have. So Can I say, can I interject with of a quick little may. story? Of course you may. Uh, so... Today, uh, we were out exploring some cute stuff with our friends. We went to an antique mall. First of all, there was some creepy stuff in there, like an old examination table. Like teal. Like a teal with stirrups. Yes. It was weird and creepy. But while we were in the antique mall, uh, I passed by a group of people that were definitely talking about the Winchester Mystery House. And I almost talked to them about the podcast, but then I took it out. Um, we just need business cards, like yeah. you said. We just need business cards to be so like, hey. So you just hand it out to people. Yeah. To be like, oh, you're into weird things? Here. Here you go. Check it out. There was also an entire aisle that was just Raggedy Ann dolls that I, I, I avoided. Sure. I avoided. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't even want to look at it. But yeah. I'm real glad. All right. So it's not a doll. It's a place that's going to scare me. Yeah. Okay. So how do we feel about children ghosts? Are they creepier than adult ones? It depends. Depends on the vibe. Because if they're just like sad child of plague death that wants a friend, it's like maybe a little concerning, but as long as it just wants to like play. Like Haley's ghost friend. Oh yeah, the one. Oh my gosh, I want to reread that story. But like, you know, like it's chill. But if the child ghost is trying to like take a human child's place or, like, throw someone out a window, then it's, like, then it's creepier an than an adult ghost doing that to you. That's fair. I mean, they're both terrifying, but... Because I think children, in whether they are corporeal or ghostly, <laughs> um, SAT word, uh, there's an illusion that you, as a full-grown adult have some measure of control because they yeah. are smaller than you. So perhaps a child, an evil or ill-intending child ghost is more terrifying because you assume it will just be like, oh, hey, little lust. And then it like yeets you through a wall 
that's more because you weren't expecting it. Yeah, because you assumed that it was innocent. It was harmless. Yeah. yeah. Well, today we're going to talk about... Casper, the friendly ghost. <laughs> no, but I'd love to do an episode on, oh, on that. Okay. Um, we're talking about the Sally house. Do you know anything about this? Nope. Doesn't ring any bells? All right. Not well, a ring-a-ding or a ding. We are headed to Atchison, Kansas. Kansas, man. It's a town in the top right corner of the state. It's very small, but it's best known for being the birthplace of Amelia Earhart. Oh. And they have an annual Amelia Earhart Festival in every July, which wow. I would... That's like the only reason I'd ever go to Kansas. Put it on the list. Unfortunately, Atchison is also known as one of the most haunted places in America. No wonder Amelia wanted to leave. Right? She said, I am flying around the world. To get away from this. So this area was one of the stops made during the expansion west. It was like in a perfect position for that. So it is teeming with activity from the past. There were murders in the park, including racially motivated ones, and ghosts pretty much roam everywhere in town. It also boasts at least two haunted homes within its city limits. One of these homes is called the Sally House. Yes, Shannon. She's raising her hand. I have an interjection question. Of course. Uh, If you got to pick which era or decade of ghosts would you prefer to hang out with? Because I feel like when we think of ghosts, I think we've talked about this a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like when we think of ghosts, we think of like very Victorian... Ooh. Like the white white lady, and she's yeah. in like the high necked outfit. But you outfit. know, I feel like I could I could hang out with like a pioneer ghost. I feel like I could super vibe with like vibe with like a medieval ghost. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Just some monk. Yeah, or like some Chilistic. some knight who just drank too much mead one night and passed out and died. Like I think I could vibe with him. What a dishonorable way to die. I mean, truly, but dumb ways to die. So many spicy questions for the group chat. (laughs) I'm like, I need a bigger group of friends because I want to do that. But I'm like, all the answers can't just be me or Emma or Noah. That's lame. (laughs) I mean. If you'd like to be included in spicy questions for the group chat, let us know. That would be our newsletter. (laughs) Spicy questions for the group chat. Which era of ghost would you prefer to hang out with? I mean, the answer is clearly 1990s. Uh, yeah. It's Britney, bitch. (laughs) Britney's free. Bless. Britney is free. 2007 would be so happy right now. Nature is healing. Amen. Paris is married. That was was amazing. Lizzie Lohan is acting again. Britney is free. Nature is healing. Nature is healing. All right. But not Atchison, Kansas. Nope. On 508 North 2nd Street sits a small two-story home. And it's very sweet from the outside. It's got a pointed roof, a small porch. It's just off the road. It's a perfect family home. It was built for the Finney family in 1867. And members... Finney! Finney! <laughs> Sorry. Not Vin... Vinny. F- Finney. <laughs> yeah. No, I need them to know, to know that. Oh, but I Not trying, you. No, I was I... trying to make a boy next door. Or a boy meets world. Boy meets world. Yeah. Finney! Finney! Can you, can you tell that I'm... Stalling, everyone. <laughs> She's really good at it because I get very easily distracted. So she knows she can start me on a different tangent, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, which era of ghosts?" Yeah. <laughs> I want to make like a Seventeen magazine style quiz, like which which era of ghosts are you, bestie? 
Haley, can you make that, please? <laughs> I love when we call out for Haley or Ruth to do or something for us. Or anyone else that feels like it. But so Haley inclined. delivers they week do. after week. Truly, though. They're on the non-existent payroll. Thank you. I, we appreciate you. Yes. So it was built for the Finney family in 1867, and members of the family lived there on and off until about 1947, and after that point, it was rented out and sold a few times. In the last few days of 1992, Deb and Tony Pickman, a young and newly married couple, moved into their new rental. Deb was pregnant, due in the spring, and they were so excited to have a space that was theirs to start their family. No. <laughs> Don't move somewhere new when you're having a baby. That just, just you're just that's like going down in the basement. Yeah, never don't don't go in the basement ever. <laughs> During a horror movie situation. Yeah. Like if you have to do laundry, you gotta do what you gotta do. That's fair. For the first month of 1993, the Pickmans were settling well into their new home. When in February, they started to notice that the overhead ceiling light would slowly dim, sit there for four or five minutes, and then blast up to full brightness. It happened sporadically around the same time each night while they watched TV in the living room, sometimes mm. happening a few times each evening. Mm-mm. Tony checked the light for loose wires, they flipped the switches in the switch box for the light to see if maybe it was because of a connection, and even had an electrician come to check it out, but he didn't see anything wrong with it at all. The room that the Pickmans planned to use as a nursery was still sitting empty as they struggled to come up with a theme for the baby's room. They hadn't even yet purchased a crib. Trying to spark some inspiration, Tony went up the stairs and into the nursery, which was right at the top of the staircase, with the Pickmans' dog, Sasha, trailing them. She was a um, Samoyed, so she was like a big, white, fluffy dog. A floofer. A floofer. Tony stood in the hallway and looked into the room, thinking through possible ideas, but eventually gave up and walked away. But then Sasha started to bark, and Tony came, to, it came back to see the dog standing outside of the nursery, teeth bared, growling, and barking incessantly. Tony, seeing nothing in the room and hearing nothing outside, couldn't figure out why the normally calm and sweet Sasha was becoming protective against dead air. He tried to calm her down and walk her into the nursery, but she planted her feet and refused. For a few more minutes, she stood there, continuing to growl. This happened a few more times, but after a week, she kind of stopped. Tony figured there must have been an unfamiliar animal outside she had smelled, because this is also a new house for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to make that my soundbite. <laughs> your new, your new uh, text tone every Many time I text tone. you. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Someday we'll have a soundboard that's just all of the All of the noises we've made. My honking laugh. (laughs) Deb noticed cold spots throughout the house as the weather outside grew warmer. (laughs) That's one too. (laughs) Uh, mm, mm, mm. And this is 1993. They have seen some horror movies. Yep. They should know better. Yeah, but, I mean, you get into that state of denial, I guess. Can, I make, always can I make an assumption? Of course. White people? Oh, yeah. White people. <laughs> <laughs> We're stupid. <laughs> we don't ever learn. We nope. think we just own the world and can do whatever and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Incorrect. 
So they had only one window AC unit and no central AC, and the cold spots were so oddly positioned that poor Deb didn't have an explanation for them. She probably thought it was a pregnancy brain thing until her sister-in-law also noticed the cold spots and told Deb. And Deb was like, okay, so I guess this is not me imagining stuff. One night in the spring, as heat and humidity kicked up, a very pregnant Deb decided to sleep on the couch downstairs and Tony joined her. Their only AC was broken and the whole hot air rises thing was so uncomfortable to sleep in and so was their waterbed because let's remember it's the 90s still. <laughs> Can you imagine a pregnant woman trying to get out of a waterbed? No, oh gosh, Deb. Like I don't, at some point, at some point, you must have been like, yeah, seriously, at some point, you must have been like, this was the stupidest idea I've ever had in my life. The fact that they were ever a thing, I know. waterbeds. They don't support any part of your body. I mean, they kind of, like it. Like the weird. Dis- but I just, that is an accident waiting to happen. You turn incorrectly and your like engagement ring can like pop it open and you end up like drowning in your, your own apartment. bed. Like, are you, no, come on. Yeah. What? But like 1993, of course I had a waterbed. All of our furniture was plastic. The smelled really bad. <laughs> like blow up plastic. Yeah. Just think that smell. You can feel hate, that smell I hate right it. now. They like hate acrid it. plastic. I had one of those like blow up chairs that was a Hello Kitty like head. Yeah. I was obsessed with Hello Kitty when I was a kid. Cool story, bro. Sorry. Yeah, that was the end of that, was the end of that story. Um, so their night on the couch was interrupted around 3.30 a.m. when Deb was woken abruptly by what sounded like blood-curdling screams and oh. several thumps coming down the stairs. Oh, great. Love that. Yeah. In her sleepy fear, she thought that someone had gotten into the house to do harm, but before she could think any further, something heavy struck her body and face. Ah. And she screamed forcefully, ah. which woke up Tony. <laughs> Tony screamed in alarm just as loud. And this is a quote from the book Deb wrote about their time there. And she says, quote, as I screamed for the second time, he took a breath. I screamed, he screamed. This went on for several minutes until Tony realized he had no idea what we were screaming about. Amazing. (laughs) That's so good. Just like, Everything is happening right now. I'm sorry. Oh, at least I'm not screaming on a waterbed or a couch. It's r- right. I just I, like this is the book that she wrote from her diaries mm-hmm. of the time in the house, and she was like, "This was this happened. Like this was just the stupidest possible thing we just, could have done. It was just I just, so funny. That was great because your explanation clearly. I was screaming, so I was like, that is terrifying to just." Had like a weight on you, but then that's just <laughs> hilarious. Like, wait, what? What are we screaming about? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's very like Scooby Doo. Yes, which I appreciate. Finally quieting, Deb clung to her husband as they both looked around the room, trying to figure out what it was that had woken Deb so alarmingly. But nothing looked amiss. Once they had both calmed, they started to laugh at the thought of how they must have sounded and looked, which is honestly hilarious. I love that they were like, yeah, this was... Deb, yeah. This was so silly. We did, in fact, laugh. Deb noticed, however, how her cats were acting. The Pikmins had three cats. One who was usually very sweet and calm, and the other two who were more playful. 
but all three at this moment were slinking around the room, hissing at each other, and trying to find places to hide and simply acting weird. Now, anybody who has cats knows that, like, sometimes they do just act weird, but, like, it's not normal for cats who really know each other to be just randomly hissing at each other and, like, running away you from gotta, each other. You gotta listen to animals. Like, they know stuff. They know a tsunami is coming. They know that a ghost is trying to mess you up in your house. Animals are so perceptive. Yeah. Also, they have better hearing than us. Let's just trust that. And we don't know. Maybe they can see things. That too. Deb told Tony what she had heard and what had happened, and suddenly she realized that the cats could be to blame for the, quote, screams, the thumps, and even the blow to her body. Even so, the cats were acting very abnormally. Usually when cats played with each other, when the cats played with each other, it was obvious that it was playtime. This seemed like something had scared them and they wanted to find somewhere safe and couldn't seem to. Deb and Tony looked around the house a bit, but then went back to bed. Deb also said, quote, the cats panic certainly enhance our own fear. And although we may never know what really happened that night, we will never forget how hard we laughed, end quote. Which Aww. I think was really sweet. Good attitude, Deb. Right. But at least you're still alive, so. Right. All right. You're writing a book about it, which means at least you survived, Deb. Yeah. She's she's chill. She's good. Other incidents happened around the house. More lights being manipulated, an oven timer that went off whenever it wanted and never when it was supposed to. Honestly, funny. <laughs> Thumps, footsteps, and knocks, and the reception that would disappear if you entered the nursery while talking on the phone. That interference with the reception eventually spread to the rest of the house, making it almost impossible to use the phone at all. Then the problem seemed to go away completely for no apparent That's reason. That's so weird because it's a landline at this point, right? Yep. What? It's crazy. Yeah. On June 26th, 1993, the Pickman's son Taylor was born. Deb was told to be on seven days of bed rest, but got antsy and decided that the unfinished nursery needed to be taken care of. After months of debating what the theme of the room should be, the couple settled on a weirdly 50-50 distribution of pale pink and baby blue. Deb later believed the decision she made was influenced by what was happening in the house, which will be explained later. Taylor was having a hard time adjusting to the real world, and honestly, same little buddy. Usually, newborns have a period of confusion as they get into the rhythm of sleeping and feeding, and Taylor adapted, but not for long. He started to wake up immediately after he was laid down in his crib, completely off schedule for everything, no matter what Deb tried, and it was becoming unbearable. He always seemed to be playing with something above him, even with nothing there, no. every time he woke up. Uh-uh, no, no, mm-mm, mm-mm. The couple could get no sleep at all, and after calling her sister, who was also a new mother of like a year, for suggestions, her sister decided to just come down and help her. Before her sister's arrival, the Pickmans were cleaning the nursery when the musical mobile went off by itself. It would only ever turn on if you touched the switch. Tony was freaked out by it, and it happened again while Deb's sister, Karen, was visiting. Other than the mobile, the week-long visit went well and was uneventful, with Taylor sleeping in four-hour chunks instead of ten-minute ones, and Deb and Tony finally felt like they had a handle on things. They decided to spend Karen's last day with them, with Tony's family for dinner and some visiting. Because Taylor was the star of the show. Like, everybody wanted to hang out with the baby. Totally oh, fair. Mm-hmm. 
When the Pickmans and Karen got home, Tony went to put a sleeping tailor to bed and came back down to the kitchen to ask Deb why she had moved all of the stuffed animals in the nursery to the middle of the floor. <laughs> the sheep noise. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I don't like this. I feel like, are they going to like this? This is going to freak them out. I don't mm. She said she hadn't. She had put them on the windowsills and the dresser. Now, Tony said, they were sitting in a circle on the floor. In a circle? No! Uh-uh. I thought they were just in a pile. That was bad enough. Nope. No, they're having a conference? <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Karen and Deb went up the stairs to the nursery and saw for themselves that the stuffed animals were sitting in a circle, all facing each other no! on the middle of the floor. Yeah, uh, No. Mm-mm. Although this scared them, there was a possible explanation. Their sister-in-law had come to drop off a high chair to the house while they were out that day and had gone upstairs to see the nursery and how they had decorated it. Could she have done it? It seems unlikely, but with no answers, the Pikmins decided to put away the animals and close the door. Which at that point, I'm like, my kid would not be sleeping in that room. We wouldn't even be living in this house. Yeah. No, thank you. When all of our animals have had bad vibes? Yep. Uh-uh. It became apparent in the weeks after Karen left that the Pickmans were dealing with something in the house that wanted to mess with them. They would wake up to photographs being turned upside down or shattered on the ground. Noises continued, and then Tony saw her. One morning, while getting himself some orange juice in the kitchen, Tony turned towards the doorframe that led out into the living room. Standing in the doorway was a curly-haired young girl wearing a pinafore dress and a bow in her hair. Tony freaked out and ran out of the kitchen and up the stairs to Deb, who was still in bed. Unable to really speak or tell her what he had seen, Deb told him to draw what he saw. Now, Shannon, I will spare you the drawing, but know that it is very creepy and that I have included it in photos, but it is, like, in the middle, so... I'm still gonna have to look at it, Emma. Yeah, but I still have that app on my phone, so I can do I can do the posting if you need me to. I just that's so creepy. I can like picture that scene playing out. He's like doing that thing that TV and movie people always do, where they like open the fridge door and they like stand there pouring their juice with the door open, and then like he like screws back on and like shuts the door and like turns and like the door frame's right there, and he like turns and he's like, he's like. He, like, runs up the stairs. I can see it in my head. That just scared me. (laughs) You're welcome! I'm not sorry! (laughs) That did. That just scared me. Because I hadn't really thought through the situation like that. All right. Anyway, I should should be fine with the picture, because usually I'm doing those, like, Friday morning... In also, the, in it, the daylight, not at night. I will say it's only really creepy in context. Like, if you had showed me this picture and I didn't know anything about what context it came from, I'd be like, all right, fine. But it's like... Is he a good drawer? Yes, actually. He's artist. a good artist. Oh, all right. Uh, at I, least well I, enough to, to make it, like, noticeably, minorly good sketch. Fires started to break out randomly in the house. Small, manageable ones, but still fire. Are you joking? No, I'm not. Tony would also see objects move when he got close to them, but not close enough to touch. Y'all, 
Y'all still living in this house? Yeah. He was starting to become very scared of what was in the house. Yeah, bye. And then Tony became the focus of whatever entity was in this house, whatever entity he had seen, and was scratched often on his arms, his back, his stomach, everywhere, basically. They were deep, almost always drew blood, and distinct in a pattern of three parallel lines. And then my brain said, as I was typing this, like a three-toed sloth. (laughs) (laughs) You weirdo. Like my brain was just thinking about like a three-toed sloth slowly dragging their little toes across. But like agonizingly slow. (laughs) Right. Drag blood. (laughs) Which is like not what happens. Really? It doesn't? (laughs) You don't say. Murderous three-toed sloths don't just go to town on random people? Surprise! They'd be caught constantly. <laughs> Terrible criminals. <laughs> They're horrible criminals. Oh, if I ever directed like a Pixar style animals doing things, like yeah. uh, what is it, Zootopia? Yeah. I would make the sloth the getaway driver for comedic effect. <laughs> Tony, hurry up! Come on, come on, come on! We gotta go. I'm okay. Fast as I can. <laughs> gotta get the Prindle. <laughs> Prindle. Uh, another show that Noah has not seen. <laughs> Tony had nightmares that would keep him from sleeping soundly throughout the night, almost every night, and also had thoughts of killing his wife, which also sounds oh. like the Amityville stuff. Like, remember the dad was, like, having yeah. those thoughts where he wouldn't admit to it? Well, Tony teared up when he told paranormal investigators about these thoughts, saying that he has struggled with the idea that he could even think about doing this to the love of his life in any capacity. And it was a really, honestly, it was a really sweet moment because his wife is like sitting next to him while they're talking to the paranormal investigators and he's like trying not to cry as he says it. And he like immediately like reaches for her hand and is like, mm, like, mm. I can't. Uh. But like, I, I kind of really love them. They seem like genuine people. So. Okay. So both of them survive. Spoiler alert. Yes. That leaves the baby. <laughs> Sounded so ominous. I'm concerned. That's fair. Eventually fed up with the fact that they were being tormented and taunted by something or someone that they couldn't see, the Pickmans decided to contact paranormal investigative shows and psychics, anyone who could give them any kind of insight into what was happening to them. One person who came forward to help was psychic Peter James, who was apparent he had like a TV show at that time, so Mm -hmm. he was fairly popular and pretty well known. Upon entering the home, James said he knew what was happening. Peter James claimed the following story. When physician Dr. Charles Finney lived in the house around the turn of the century, he used the downstairs as his office and the upstairs as his living space, which is normal for the time. One day, a woman knocked on the door with her six-year-old daughter, Sally. Sally was apparently having severe abdominal pain, and Dr. Finney feared... Shannon's tummy hurts right now. <laughs> like, for real, before we even started. <laughs> so she's kind of freaking out. Okay. Sally was apparently having severe abdominal pain, and Dr. Finney feared it might be appendicitis. Don't think you have appendicitis. I mean, do you feel nauseous? No. Do you, like, have a mild fever? I don't think you do. I think you're I okay. Think I do. He would have to take out the organ as quickly as possible. Stat. Yeah. 
He got Sally onto the table and gave her some anesthesia. Like a creepy table, like the one we saw earlier today. Oh my gosh. It's all coming together today. It's all coming together. Oh my I'm goodness. I'm going to put that in the show notes, the picture I have. Oh, absolutely do that. If there's room. Oh, there's there, there will be room. There will be room. He got Sally onto the table and gave her some kind of anesthesia, but started to cut into her before it started to work fully. Nope. Sally opened her eyes and looked at Dr. Finney with what he explained as loathing and pain and then died on the operating table. Hmm. Peter James said that Sally was the one still haunting the home and apparently lashing out on Tony because he was a man and probably reminded her of the doctor who couldn't help her. Hmm. Soon after Peter James's story, the Pickmans moved. They had lived there less than a year, but luckily only rented the home. It's about time! Yeah. I honestly think they were like, well, if we try and move while we're pregnant or while we have, like, a brand new, like, baby, it would just be too much. we just did this. Yeah. But they were like, yeah, we're not about this. We're not going. I gotta We gotta leave. The house was rented out, again, to a couple who kept to themselves. When the house was bought after these renters moved out, Les Smith, who now owns the home, found a pentagram drawn on the ground in the basement. Oh. He quickly covered it up with black spray paint since he couldn't seem to clean it off. But since it wasn't done by or mentioned by Deb or Tony, it can only be assumed that the following renters were chill with the ghost or demon or whatever it was in the house and even invited more in, potentially, depending on why they drew the pentagram. Yeah, I'm like, don't you use it to, like, catch things? Spirits? Is supernatural, right? (laughs) I I don't actually know too much about, like, the lore of all that. I feel like... Because what was that meme I shared? Like, if I were a demon, what were five things you'd put in a pentagram? Oh, that's right, to lure me, lure me in. But so, I mean, like, if that, that then it's like an invitation, I guess, of like, come here. But it's like to... It's like a glue trap for ghosts. Oh. Maybe? I, I don't, I don't study these things. I don't know. I have not done my research. I remember, because I went to a Catholic high school, and we had a, um, like, world religions class, which half of it, like, during half the year, it was, like, actually just church history, like, Catholic church history, and then the other half of the year, it was, like, actual world religions, Mm -hmm. and so there was this one project that we did where we had to pick a different religion and do a presentation on it, so I chose Wicca, because I was like, yeah, witches, and I did a whole, like, presentation on Wicca, and it was actually really fun, I did it with one of my friends, and... Then this other guy stands up, and he hadn't been at our school for very long, and he was like, he was one of those kids that obviously had gotten put into a Catholic school because they couldn't, like, they didn't want to put him in a public school again, like, he had gotten, like, kicked oh. out and, like, trying right. to reform him by putting him All in right, a Catholic JG school. JG from Heathers. Basically. That's, honestly, that's what he kind of looked the like. The vibes. The vibe. And so he, like, stands up, and he, he was, he only did, like, he did his project by himself. Like, you could partner up, or you could do it by yourself. And so he did it by himself, and he, he likes the, the, like, thing to turn the PowerPoint on behind him. And he's just staring at the back wall, and he goes, it's click, and it's just pentagram behind him, and he goes, Satanism. And then <laughs> stares, at, stares at our teacher and goes, the real way to be. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? All he, went right. through, he went through this whole, like, presentation, and it was probably very good. I remember none of it, but it was probably very good. But, like, the whole, like, Satanism. The real way to be. And I was think, like, what? Do you <laughs> oh my think God. you practice that in the bathroom mirror for full effect? 
He's like, I have to wear a trench coat today. I mean, today. I know he was wearing a dark, it wasn't a trench coat, but it was like a dark coat over his like school uniform, which you weren't right. technically supposed to do, but it was like, uh, well, you can wear that. He was, he was a cool guy, though. He was a cool dude. But yeah. And hopefully that's where the JD re- reference ends. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Well, now the house is a tourist attraction in Atchison, where you can do a self-guided tour of the home for an hour at $20 per person. No! Or stay overnight Uh -uh. for $125 per person. Oh, only only that much. Which goes up to $150 per person during the, quote, haunted season of September and October. (laughs) We love inflation. Right? Seasonal inflation. There's also a $150 fee for... Failing to adhere to the usual rules of not damaging the house with, like, smoking, lighting candles, and such like that. Oh, no seances. Got it. There are a few others, too. Like, quote, no cooking, no sleeping in beds, no attempting to cleanse the house, and no Ouija boards or seances. End quote. (laughs) I love that they're like, don't bring anything new in here, but don't try and get rid of the ghosts that we have, okay? Like, we kind of... making money. Yeah, we kind of need it in order to continue. Sally's an important business partner. Right? Um, you also have to bring your own sleeping bag and pillow if you want to stay overnight. And you are you not allowed in the bag. basement. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed in the basement. Yeah, but you can't sleep in any of the beds. Yeah. Like, there are beds in every, all, I think, in every room. But they're like, mm, don't touch Sally's bed. I'm going to laugh if, like, <laughs> the basement is just, like, the employee break room. So they're like, don't go down there. Don't, don't eat my Oreos. <laughs> don't, those, those are mine. I packed the lunch and I put my name on it. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. It says Stephen on it. <laughs> Don't touch it. Stop. So to get better insight into this haunted house, I watched a few paranormal shows. Of course you did. I was really happy about it. And our buddies at BuzzFeed Unsolved were my first choice. Um, the episode I watched was actually the same episode where they visited the Winchester house and the Island of the Dolls, so I've now rounded it off with this episode. There you go. Which was the main reason why I decided to do this, because I was like, oh, well, I, f- I forgot about this. This would be fun. Mm-hmm. In pure Ryan Begara fashion, he is scared out of his mind about this house. Did they stay overnight? Yes. He still has his water bottle of holy water, like the Dizani, like, plastic water bottle of holy water. after my own heart. Um, while Shane is just taunting him the whole time, as he's wont to do. You would. Yeah. I'm Shane. You're, you're Ryan. That is this relationship. You'd totally be like, hey... Hey, hey, ghouls. ghouls, it's your boy. <laughs> it's your boy. That's my favorite. So they decided to bring in a local paranormal investigator to help guide them through the house. The minute this man gets through the door, Shane introduces himself and then says, and I will be swearing, I'm sorry, I think this is all bullshit. <laughs> to which the investigator says, quote, half of it is. <laughs> and I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, we love some honesty in the profession. So they go through the house, starting with a flashlight test in the kitchen, where they ask the spirit, or whatever it is in this house, to turn the light on or off based on what they say, like, is like a, you know, way to ask a yes or no question, basically. Mm -hmm. So they asked, quote, do you like the guys being here? And the light stayed off. Shane then asked, turn on the light if you hate that we're here. And it went on almost right away. (laughs) Oh... Immediately, Ryan starts to freak out. Oh, no. Poor Ryan, because Shane is literally, like, 
like crouched it's it the flashlight is on the counter in the kitchen and shane is crouched down so that his head is level with the flashlight uh-huh. and he's he like asks the question to the flashlight and then turns to ryan and it just shines off the side of his face and shane starts laughing and ryan goes no no uh so wait they're using the flashlight not yeah. the kitchen light no yeah a flashlight a oh. handheld flashlight that they brought mm-hmm that's even more scary because I was like, oh, well, maybe there's like a production aid that's down in the basement. Off, click, off click, to the side. Click, yeah. Click. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Mm-mm. Put this on the list of I will not be going here on the road trip. I'll go around nope. the corner, get some coffee while you do. You'll do the Amelia Earhart related things, yeah. which I also want to do, but like, I'll go do this. Oof, oof, oof. So they also visit the basement. Because they're, the they're not just normal people staying over they're for the night. They're VIPs. Yeah. Um, and Shane lays down on the spot where the pentagram was and just starts shouting, Come take my heart, demon. <laughs> because why not? <laughs> this boy. Nothing happens, thankfully, but still he's the definition of poking the bear. I don't appreciate that. I don't approve of it. I say, like, like when we've talked about, like, Robert and all of those kinds of things, where it's like, you know, you don't have to believe in it, but you don't have to mess with it either. But you don't have to take a picture if he doesn't want it. Like, you you don't. Yeah, I mean, consent is important. Really, that's what yeah. Robert is trying to teach us. Don't make me like Robert. <laughs> no. Don't try it. So Shane just keeps going. <laughs> Robert the doll, king of consent. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Uh, but my it happened in my brain and had to come out. I had to share it with the rest of you. I, was I really, so sorry. I really liked it. <laughs> Put it on a button. There you go. Uh. So Shane just keeps going. Demon. Demon. Demon? You are <laughs> Shane. Shane. I feel like I've heard you say stuff Demon. that exact inflection. What? No. Mm-mm. What? No, just you would do that and I would be so annoyed with you. Demon. I would be like, Demon? If you didn't own 50% of this podcast, <laughs> I would walk out of here Kick right out. now. So they did try to sleep in the house. But Ryan only made it to about 3.03 a.m., clutching his holy water while Shane said he was wimping out. And then he went, yep, I'm wimping out. Let's go. Like, fully like, nope, I don't care. I don't care if you're trying to bully me into this. I don't care. Like, nope, let's go. Is it, I assume, is leaving an option for anyone? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is there, like, a button you push so then whoever's, like, working? I Yeah, I think there's some kind of, like, you can call someone to, like, immediately like come over and like open the door and let you out like i think the guy oh, you're who, locked in i don't know if they I, I actually don't know the answer to that i don't know the answer to that but i'm assuming that if you left in the middle of the night they would want somebody to lock up the house well yeah but but i don't think that they would end up giving just, people keys so my guess is that they like or maybe someone stays on site i was gonna say there like might be somebody person. like somebody's like yeah i work nights over at the old haunted sally house at Sally's house, which apparently is what everybody in Atchison calls it, rather than the Sally house. They call it Sally's house. There are, like, no Sally's in an elementary school in that town. Ooh, that's a good... I wonder. But then, ooh, 
But then there's a family, and they're new to town. They move, and their daughter Sally goes to little, like, third grade or whatever, and the the Miss Honey-looking teacher is, like, reading roll, and it's like, okay, Betsy, here. Tommy, here. Tashawn, hey. She looks down. She looks up at the room. Sally? And Sally's like, hi. <laughs> and all the kids are like, <gasps> And then Sally has no friends. Bummer. The sound, you're making a horror movie and I'm really appreciating it. Like, you're writing a horror movie. Oh my gosh, yeah. And she was like totally a normal little sweet child. But then Until she's she alienated because the entire town thinks she's evil. And she's and like, only, fine, I will be evil. The only person who will be her friend. It's Sally! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh god, I hate it. I hate it. We did it. It's, oh, it's Frankenstein's monster. We created it, but it was a mistake. <laughs> no. Blah, 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 blah. We could so write that, bud. Like, <laughs> oh, gosh. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. Woo! I do. I, so nothing really, like, major happens in the episode. Oh. Like, so I would, I would suggest, because I think it was fun. Like, it was fun to watch. And also the editing is just really well done. Because this is one of their very first episodes oh. of BuzzFeed Unsolved. So I would suggest going to watch it if you want to. I've linked it in the show notes. Shannon, if you feel like stopping before they get to Sally House, feel free. But like I found it very like the way they've cut it together makes it fairly funny. Like oh, all right. So it's like how I feel when I listen back to these episodes. Yeah. I'm like, wow, my terror was pretty entertaining. Yeah. Exactly. And of course, because I couldn't help myself, I watched season 13, episode 2 of Ghost Adventures. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, where's Zach Bagans? So I may have done the free trial for Discovery Plus to watch it, and I plan on canceling on Wednesday. It's in my calendar. <laughs> uh, but they have all of the episodes of, of Ghost Adventures. Yeah. And of course, Zach starts the episode walking through a graveyard with a horde of people. But he talks to no one else except for this one man who obviously has been given a script to say, quote, oh yeah, the Sally house is the scariest house in town. And then Zach repeats it back to him. And he's like, Sally's house is the scariest house in town. And the guy's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. I know. I, I do not vibe with Zach Bagan's energy. No, me neither. But I love it. So they have a tour guide take them through the house who also happens to be a psychic. She works specifically for the house. And she's... How convenient. I know. They saw her resume. They were like... You got it. got the job. And she's like, I know. I saw it. I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was going to happen. She says that she believes that the spirit who continuously gives her bruises on her arms manifests itself in many ways. Sometimes it's a little girl. Sometimes it's a woman. And sometimes it's a large man. So I'm like, all right. Um... Explain, please. So Zach interviews Deb and Tony Pickman, who tell him a little bit about their time in the house. Zach asks, because of course he does, if they'd come back to the house for this investigation, and they said they'd think about it. They hadn't been back in the house since 2007, when one of the first investigations was done by Tim Wood, um, and they've refused to go back since. Like, Tony was like, no, I'm never going back into that house. Like, I had to do it in 2007, and it, it sucked. Like, I didn't, I don't want anything to do with the They're house. They're like, our, our child, Taylor's college is already paid off, so we don't need any more yeah, seriously. ghost hunter money. No, thank you. On the evening of the initial investigation by the Ghost Adventures crew, Deb and Tony arrive at the house, because they couldn't pass up 
probably that good Ghost Adventures money. Which that is good totally... Ghost, that good ba- bags of bagans money. Bags of bagans. They had apparently said their prayers in the car of, like, protection. Mm. Which is totally fair. So say whatever ne- makes you feel better. So Zach makes the film crew film Tony as he lifts up his shirt front and back to show that he doesn't have any current scratches on his body. Mm-hmm. The crew hired a different psychic medium who supposedly didn't know anything about the story or the house and had never met the Pikmins. She also looked 16. Like, truly, this is like a girl, like a child that they've hired. I'm sure she's she actually like 19 she years old. She does like tarot readings out of the back of her Jeep. Right. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm a psychic. I'm a psychic, She yeah. sees the ad on like Facebook. Right. She's like, yeah, I can, I do, can that. do that. Almost immediately when they enter the house, the medium senses a little girl with a bow in her hair and feels sick, feeling a heavy and angry presence in the room, specifically towards Tony. One of the cameramen, Jay, feels his skin start to burn under his jacket, and when he takes it off, he has a scratch on the underside of his forearm. The medium tells Tony that the spirit wants Tony in the basement, but she doesn't think it's a good idea for him to go down there. The medium is telling you don't do it. Yeah. Like, but this is Ghost Adventures, so they go down there. According to Zach, quote, literally, this a direct quote, due to high levels of mold contamination, I will be staying upstairs, end quote. And he just closes the basement door behind them. What? Literally. Literally. What a jerk. Like, I think he has some kind of, like, asthma situation, and so he doesn't like going in the basement. Are we sure the Zach Bagans and Mark Batterson are not the same person? I don't know. I keep showing my small group friends this, and they're like, that's Mark Batterson's brother. (laughs) Like, like he's the, like, actually. Have they ever been seen in the same room together? Opposite of, like, each other on, like, He's, like, the looking glass version of Mark Batterson. Yes. Very weird. Questionable. So, down in the basement, the crew are asking the spirit what it wants and everything like that. There is also, and I didn't mention this before, sorry, there's also a giant hole in one of the walls in the basement that just looks out onto dirt and roots and stuff of, like, underneath the house. Um, but Zach kept calling it a portal. So there's that. Um, they ask Tony if he has anything he wants to say to the spirit, and he says, quote, I'm not scared of you. Go back to where you came from. End quote. Right after this. The psychic almost passes out, and Tony feels what seems like a hand on the back of his neck burn him. They all rush back upstairs after this encounter, and Tony asks him to look at the back of his head. He has a pretty large welt where his hairline meets his neck, and he says it feels like it's burning. Like, it's truly, like, the size of my of my forefinger. It's, several inches. Yeah, several inches long. For those that can't Sorry. see your forefinger right now, which is everyone. Yeah, except me and you. Yeah, several inches. So, like, maybe, like, two inches mm-hmm. across, like, on the back of his neck. Mm-hmm. The next day is the lockdown that the crew does at every haunted location. Because, of course. And Zach does not beat around the bush. He's almost as bad as Shane. In fact, I'd say he's worse. He wandered around the house saying, quote, Sally, come here. Show yourself. You're going to play with us tonight. End quote. Like, Zach, please stop harassing the ghosts. Yeah, please stop being weird to a little girl ghost. Please please stop harassing the ghosts. The crew has some equipment anomalies. They hear a lot of noises, and they feel a heavy presence upstairs, but nothing really creepy happens until probably about 11 o'clock at night. Remember the circle of stuffed animals? Yeah. Well, this 
is this part of the Pikmin story gets replicated in the house now as a way of trying to communicate with the spirit, but they like they have it like set up already mm-hmm. for people. Um, like an so, exhibit. Sort yeah, of. basically. So there's just like a circle of stuffed animals in that room. The crew set up the animals in the same way, but they put a ball in the middle, and the thought was that potentially this would take less energy to move the ball, like because it's so much lighter than the mm-hmm. other things in the room. While Zach and Aaron, who I love Aaron, he's one of the other crew members, he's just hilarious and I love him. He's like a a real person, whereas Zach doesn't feel like a real person. He feels like a caricature of somebody. Mm -hmm. While Zach and Aaron are looking in a different room upstairs, they hear, after hearing something, the two cameramen in the control room that they have outside see in their camera focused on the nursery, capturing one of the animals, a panda bear, moving and kind of spinning on its own into a position it shouldn't naturally sit in. So it kind of like spins on its butt and then like tips to the side so that it's basically balancing on like one butt cheek. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> They alert Zach and Aaron, of course, and they try to debunk it, and they they start jumping next to the circle. They move the bear themselves to try and sit it in that position, all this stuff, but they can't seem to explain why it would do that on its own. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. They also go into the basement to try and get some frequency readings near the portal, or whatever it is, and the sprayed over pentagram, but the entire time there is this cricket that will not shut up. <laughs> And it's honestly the worst part. It was so annoying. And Aaron kept getting mad at it. He was like, I can't hear anything. Like, this dang cricket. I can't hear anything that's happening. Zach got freaked out by a voice when he tried to enter the opening in the basement. But by then the lockdown was over. And Zach just concluded that the house was indeed haunted. Not just by a ghost, but by a demon. And also, this is far outside of the realm of these investigations, but I found this funny. There's a review of this house on Google or like a question on Google because you know, are you okay? <laughs> She's like fully crying. You guys, I'm so sorry. That bear really got I know. Me. It got me when I was watching it. I was like, I need to go to oh bed. Oh God, you saw it? No, I'm not, no. no, no, it's not. You don't have to watch it. There's no video. There's nothing. <sighs> so I found this funny because you know how on Google you can app like there's Google question and answer or whatever, like uh-huh. Yahoo or whatever. And it's basically like a review on the house. So like when you go to look up the Sally house, this is the first thing that pops up underneath it. (laughs) It says as a question in all caps, I live next to that house and demons give me bruises when I wake up and scratches and then like an exclamation point and a question mark like alternating for a couple. And then someone else has replied, quote, hey, you should probably move. (laughs) End quote. Yeah. I agree. You should probably move. Woo. Just out of Kansas. Like, I know. You don't need Just it. Get clear out. Dorothy said bye. No. There's no place like home, but you can make home. Home is where the heart is. So get your heart out of Kansas. Woo. Amen. So here are our theories one, demon infestation. Mm-hmm. Starting with the lightest first, y'all. So based on the three scratch marks always made on Tony, the knocks always coming in threes, the oppressive thoughts that Tony had, and the appearance of a young, seemingly harmless little girl. Evil sloth. <laughs> <laughs> Got her! 
<laughs> Got it. I'll point to an evil slot. <laughs> Obviously, it's in like the satanic Bible. Right? Yeah, the, the three-toed like, sloth. Yeah. <laughs> it's like mammals, 13, 666. Mm-hmm. Sorry, their favorite verse. Right. And so the sloth shall cometh and scratch thrice upon the man. <laughs> All right, sorry. That's the only, for our dis- our description, that is the only thing I'm putting. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right. Woo. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I feel like my inner troll really, like, comes to life when I'm freaked out. Yeah. It's like, jokes, jokes, jokes must come back. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so That was very good. Um, but um, they don't all point to uh, demon sloths uh, or evil sloths. They point to demons, which could also be a demon sloth. But You don't know. I don't know. The pattern of threes is often seen as a mocking of the Holy Trinity. The oppressive thoughts is part of the way towards demonic possession. So, like, they oppress you and then they weaken you enough that they can possess you. Mm-hmm. And demons like to appear as harmless as possible. Mm. So, taking the shape of a little girl, potentially the most harmless thing, could keep those they were haunting and tormenting from recognizing what they were. But if you were a girl in middle school, you know that little girls may look innocent and nice, but they are far from it sometimes. <laughs> they will mess you up. There was this one girl in middle school, and she was, like, the cool girl, and she had a birthday party. Maybe it was, like, the right before, like, school let out, and she had, like, a birthday party, and everyone in the class was invited, like, boys and girls, and it was supposed to be, like, a sleepover. Oh. And it was, like, middle school. This is, like, maybe Scandal. sixth or seventh grade, and I think her parents were, like, oh, they're young enough, they're not going to do anything, and I'm, like, mm. Do you remember being a middle schooler? Like, I mean, depends what depends what kind of middle schooler. I've you were. never been a cool middle schooler. So Me neither. I, I can't speak to that. Me neither. But I went to this party thinking like, oh, we're just gonna like have. I wasn't planning on staying over because at that point I was like brand new and I was like, I don't feel like sleeping in a stranger's house. And then she was like, we're all gonna watch a movie, and she puts in like at this point it was still like I think it was just starting to be like everybody had like a dvd player Mm. at this point the vhs dvd combo that exactly and they had at that point we had gone to blockbuster she'd gone to blockbuster Uh, so it was like a blockbuster r.i.p like uh dvd like case and so i didn't know like because when you have a blockbuster movie you don't don't have a cover so you don't know what it is and so she pops it in we're all like sitting on the couches and chairs and stuff and it's the ring and I'm not, I like, regardless of all of my, like, liking of spooky stuff, yeah. I do not like scary movies at all. And at this point, I was, like, so, like, baby mm. about, like, scary things I'm at baby. all. And I was, like, no. I, like, immediately stood up and I was, like, no, we're not doing this. I'm leaving. Bye. And I, like, went upstairs and used her parents' phone. <laughs> Mom, can you come pick me up? <laughs> I'm scared. But it was, like, okay... You obviously knew that you were getting this movie for your kid's birthday party who's, like, how old are you in, like, sixth grade? Eleven. Yeah. That feels way too young to watch The Ring. I feel like 13 was, like, an eighth grade age. Yeah, 13, 13, 14 was, like, eighth grade. Look, I, I, when I worked at the Children's Theater working on education classes, I literally had to print out a 
thing that broke it down of like what age most, are you in America? Most first graders are this age or this age. Yeah, because I just I kept forgetting, which is fair. They're all just young. You know, I was once a child, but I don't remember. I don't remember it. I don't remember. So to this end, almost every investigation that has happened in the house has concluded that there is some demonic stuff happening in there. There isn't one location... It's the official report. Basically. Results. Demonic Demonic stuff. stuff. There isn't one location for the haunting. There isn't one specific sound or sight. It's all over the place and almost always physically violent. Which, like, I think I am genuinely going to do an episode of, like, this is what a poltergeist is, this is what a demon is, this is what a ghost is, and these are all the theories surrounding a them. A dibbick! Yeah, exactly. Like, there's there's all these different ways that, like, the other side can interact with mm-hmm. people. It also makes sense with the actual timeline of the house for this to be a demon rather than a ghost. <laughs> Which, sorry. Ghosts are so 17th century. <laughs> <laughs> so there have only been four deaths in the house, all of them Finney family members, and not one of them was named Sally. Also, all of them were natural deaths. Mm. There was, however, a woman who lived there who was called Sally, but she was an elderly black woman, so I don't know. There's, yeah. I'm like, were people trying to be racist? But I then don't. they'd be like, why is make the, the demon... story a little girl then? Yeah. That... Is the demon racist? <laughs> I feel like that's very counter to like demons. Like... I guess. Let's also deconstruct Peter James's story a bit. I can't find any clear idea of when Dr. Finney was actually in practice, and neither is there any clear record of, like, whether or not the house really was a doctor's office. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, any... Like, there's no record of a, a young girl named Sally dying in the, in the town. Anything like that. But I also checked this because I was like, anesthesia? Like, it's, you know, turn of the century. When was anesthesia invented? Just two shots of whiskey. Yeah. Well, anesthesia was invented in 1846, so it's plausible he could have used it on a little girl... But there's no record of the young girl's death, like I said, and I'm not sure how widespread the use of anesthesia was, because it was a fairly new thing by that point. Like, yeah, it had been maybe, like, tw- like 40 years, but, like, I, this is the middle of the country. Like, I don't, I don't personally know how widespread it was, so. Another theory is that there isn't a demon in the house, but a collection of ghosts who just taunt people there to make them think that they are demons. The plausibility of there being ghosts in this house and the area feels high, so this doesn't seem impossible to me, but, like, just, like, mess around. Be like, we're named Sally. If I were a ghost, new party game, everyone, you start, (laughs) if I were a ghost, and I say, I feel like in some lore, like, ghosts are, like, tied to a, like, a building, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So say I ended up haunting a building. I totally would. Like, if if some, like, teenage girl was living there with her family and I could overhear her on, like, her hologram message or whatever, just being mean, being a mean girl, Mm -hmm. I would haunt the ish out of her. Oh, yeah. Trying to just scare her straight. Absolutely. I wonder if there is, like, a band of ghosts that, like, we're the scared straight crew. Like, the vigilante ghosts. That would be a really great movie. You gotta write another movie, Shannon. I gotta write one. I mean, we just did. We just wrote a horror movie. <laughs> Call me. Somebody. Right? I don't Hollywood. Know. Who we makes, got... Who makes... I can't even name you. I'm like, who makes uh, scary movies? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I don't even know. Who's the director? 
Um, who did a uh, M- did Get Out? Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele or M Night Shyamalan. Yes, I don't want to trust him with our baby. No, who am I trying to think? Um, Steven... Somebody. Spielberg? No. I don't know. It's not important. You'll think of it later. I probably will And then we'll write it down and send it to him. We'll be like, hey. Yeah, well, that's a director. We would need a writer. Oh, that's true. I'm just the ghost writer. (gasps) Not to be confused with the ghost rider. I don't do motorcycles. But that is a Nick Cage movie that I want to see. That's the movie we watched the night they announced Sweet Briar was closing. That is... We had Fireball for dinner and watched Ghost Rider. That's an auspicious movie. <laughs> Burn it down. Burn it down. <laughs> oh, it golly. was a time. <laughs> but we made it. It's you did. Fine. It's fine. If I were a ghost, play that with your friends at the next social gathering. Please you pl- do. Please. Report back. Which ghosts, like what century of ghosts would you vibe with? Yes. And... If you were a ghost, if I blank. were a ghost, I would spook all the mean girls. <laughs> Shelby and Tom, I hope you appreciate right. We're the doing chaos this for you. that is happening right now. <laughs> it's not even me. Look, I'm in pain and I've been scared. I know. I'm. I'm and very I'm sorry. I'm still funny. Always. <laughs> well, we're almost done. Because lastly, the theory that the Pikmins made it up. Oh, there's always that one. Yep. For me, I couldn't find anywhere, like, where they actually gained anything from the haunting itself. Rather that, like, you know, when they're basically hired to go on paranormal investigations and stuff. But they still live in Atchison. They just live in a different house. Like, it's not like they've moved out of the they city. They just wanted to break their lease early. Maybe. <laughs> so they were like... Ooh, it's a little... The air circulation in here is pretty terrible. Let's just <laughs> get out of here. I really don't like this basement. We've got to leave. I don't like it. Uh, I mean, even so, Deb wrote a book using the diaries she kept from their time in the house. It was written in 2010, so almost 20 years after the events in the house. Mm. Um, they didn't have anything to gain by pretending that this was a poltergeist, except potentially to break their lease. But they only rented their home, so it wasn't like like they were ever going to, like, get something, you know. Real life real estate hacks, besties. (laughs) Pretend there's a ghost in your house to break your lease. (laughs) Follow me on TikTok for more tips. Follow me on TikTok. (laughs) So the stress of having a new baby could potentially cause you to hear or see things that aren't really there. um, Because you haven't slept in a while. And it happened before the baby, too. Which might mm. be a but reason you're not for sleeping it. towards the end. Really. Yeah, Shelby, call us if you start seeing or hearing stuff. Yeah, I mean, first call Tom because he's there, but also like well, if call either us. of you, either of you start right? seeing stuff. And that is the story of the Sally House, the most haunted home in Kansas. Wow, what a journey! Thank you for going on it with me. I'm so I sorry. Didn't I didn't have a choice. I was gonna. But I didn't tell you to buckle in either. I'm really yeah, we sorry. Freewheeling. We're just completely freewheeling freewheel it. Although I don't even know what I'd tell you to buckle into. So 
a laundry basket so I too can thud down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever and do scream. that? Oh no. Oh okay. I think we did the sleeping bag thing though. Did you do the match? You didn't do the mattress thing. No. No. I, no. I didn't leave my room freshman year of college. You joke. And uh, freshman year of college Shannon and I lived on the same floor but we did not like hang out until we did the show together. Um, and we, so yeah, we had class together. We did. Um, but, uh, during like the first couple, I, I think it was like the third month in by that point. Um, so it was like right before Thanksgiving or something. Checks out. The insanity was probably setting in. Yeah. So. On the honors hall. Yeah. On the honors hall. But right above us was the attic. Um, and so we realized that they had just stowed all of these extra mattresses up there. And we decided, I didn't decide this. I jumped in after like people had started doing this and I was like, fine. It was stupid, but so stupid. it was so stupid, but they like were going down the stairs on these mattresses, but guys, it wasn't even like it was a long staircase. I know. I was like, it was not what you're picturing from Princess Diaries no. to the Royal Engagement. It was literally like six stairs and a landing, six stairs and a landing, which made living on the third floor suck. Leg day every day, but, but it was also it made no like the stairway was as long it. as the mattress itself. Seriously, like you slid down a couple steps and slammed your face into yeah, the wall. Like, like, <laughs> someone had to have gotten a concussion. Elspeth, Elspeth. Yeah. <laughs> well, she didn't get a concussion, but she really hit her head hard. The honors hall. Let me reiterate. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, so I have mattress surfed, but but not like the queen. Not like the queen. Which apparently she did that stunt like for real. Yeah. Which I still can't get over. Julie Andrews. Love what her. What an icon. Also one of my favorite movies, guys. Can we just have her, like when Lizzie goes, can Julie Andrews be the new queen? Can we just skip Oh Phil? yeah, I vote that. I mean, it's not a democracy, We're but I don't Phil. care. Charles. Uh, yeah, I'll You're vote like, Charles. I vote for that. <laughs> they don't do that over there. Yeah, no. I mean, they, they don't. But I not mean, for the monarchy. Not for the monarchy. Uh <sighs> I feel like if you live in the UK, please start a petition. <laughs> Change.org petition. Change.org. We can make this happen, people. We can make it happen. We freed Britney. We did. But will James Corden end up in the Wicked movie? That's Ugh. the real conspiracy. I really hope that they don't the do that. The chokehold that James Corden has on the movie musical theater industry. He knows something about I was going to say, someone. what does he know about people like that it keeps happening episode 76 coming at you <laughs> no also he also like, he can't really sing <laughs> like no he's not bad he wasn't bad in into the woods i don't think i, just, I mean he was I better think, than russell crowe and i just Les Mis. Hate, i hate that they're like oh he's likable and he sings sometimes in and order for this he's movie not to a be quintessential body shape we so have he's to like, like put him in and i'm like no we don't actually have to put him and Meryl Streep in every movie musical. No. We don't. If there's part that works well for them, like, go ahead. Like, if Meryl Streep is, like, Madame Morble, I'm down. Yeah. That won't That's be fine. <sighs> well, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tell us the Century Ghosts you vibe with. You, you were Just here Just answer all, all of our questions, Send please, us an and email. thank you. It, we, there's a link on our website. Do it. Do it. And remember, this podcast... Doesn't exist. <laughs> you did not whisper. Sorry. That's fine.